Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is a Shares for Beginners quick tip. Essential lessons. Questions answered. What are the common ratios you should learn before building a portfolio? I know I go on about metrics and ratios, but they're important to understand. It's what expert investors use to run the tape measure over companies. Matthew Hodge is a Director of Equity Research for Morningstar Australasia. In this quick tip, he talks about return on invested capital. He explains how this ratio can show how much return a company generates for every dollar of capital invested. It's like getting a sneak peek into the company's potential for profit. Measuring return on invested capital eliminates the bias of return on equity, which can be distorted by financial leverage, or the amount that the company has borrowed. He also mentions the legendary investor Warren Buffett and his wise words on having a punt card with 20 slots. If you can only make 20 investment decisions in your lifetime, each one should be approached with conviction and careful consideration. Above all, Matthew says to invest in yourself expand your circles of competence, and keep upgrading your mental software. Where do you want to start, right? So I think starting where you know or you've got a fair idea is probably not a a bad place to start, right? And then you can do the research and, and do the learning and the education piece to start to understand other industries, right? That's kind of how I would suggest perhaps going about it. Yeah. yeah. So, and if if you did start with, you know, what I was kind of suggesting where you the majority of your money is in an index fund and you're really not taking any swings at that, then you can really focus on the ones where you do understand them. And I think that is important. I, you know, I think Buffett also talks about, you know, you should have a punt card with 20 slots, right? And you, you should think very carefully about the slots that you, you punch when you buy a stock, right? Because you don't get many swings. And if you did that, had that discipline, you'd be a much better investor. How does that work? I haven't heard about that concept of the... Well, I think he's trying to say, like, if, if over your investing lifetime, yeah. you can only buy 20 things, right? When you go to buy something, you have to have real conviction. Hey, I'm using 5% of my <laughs> of my purchasing decisions in my life here. This really has to matter, and I really have to have strong conviction and understanding around this, as opposed to this chart's forming a diamond pattern, and I'm selling this one and buying that one. I mean, yeah, I don't know if you've talked about the stats of, on, on traders in this podcast, but most of them lose a lot of money, which is why they have nice businesses and fancy ads. You know, they want more. It's it's a little, it's not that far away from gambling, you know. Mm. Another guest that I was just speaking to was talking about the, the, the whole GameStop uh, phenomenon mm. in the United States. Yeah. And how it came at a time when there was no sports betting. I mean, sports betting has only just been legalized, which I find insane in the United States. Yeah. Um, on a federal level, not in every state, of course. But then during the pandemic and the shutdowns, there was no games to, to bet on. And that yeah. was one of the driving factors behind the GameStop phenomenon. Yeah, I think the amount of money that was in the market as well, the amount of, um, 
you know, fiscal and monetary support that had been pumped in the economy. And there was just money sloshing around. Like and nowhere to spend it. And you saw it in cryptocurrency. And there were like the market itself was going really well. You want to talk about timing the market. Those are the things to look out for and say, hey, perhaps I should be a little bit more cautious here, right? Like there's some crazy stuff going on here. I'm pretty sure that won't last. I don't know when it will stop. But I need to make sure I'm not taking excessive risk here, right? Because at some point there will be a, a comeuppance. So presuming that a listener does want to take an interest in researching companies a bit more, what are some of the common ratios that they should learn about before building a portfolio? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Howard Marks talks about this, among others, is, you know, people are looking for a formula and a number, right? And if it's formulas and numbers, there's a whole army of quantitative analysts out there mining that stuff, right? So it has to be more than that, right? So you need to bring the, the qualitative understanding to bear as well. Having said that, return on invested capital is one that we particularly use at Morningstar. So for every dollar of capital invested in this business, how much is it going to return you every year? Is it going to return you you know, 10 cents, 10%, or is it going to return you 20% or 50%, or is it going to return you five? You know, that's one piece of information, right? And and where do, can you find that number? Well, where I would find it is we've, got a, start, we've yeah. got a data product called mm-hmm. Data Analysis, which I use religiously. I don't do many things religiously, but that is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I can go to there and use that, but our products will have that. So I think morningstar.com.au, you, you'll be able to find four specific stocks you, sh- you can screen and find things like that and invested capital what does that represent it represents the assets of the business right so if we're talking about bhp it's the the cost of the the trucks the plant equipment the processing plant what what they paid to build the mine essentially that would be the invested capital base which is the denominator in the the equation and the return is kind of the after-tax return after excluding any kind of interest payments right so the, the the benefit with using return on invested capital is it says let's pretend this business is completely ungeared and why does that matter okay well if you use a return on equity what happens is you might have a business that's that's generating a modest excess return on invested capital, but if you gear it up five times, the return on equity looks amazing, right? It can be 20, 30, you know, more percent, right? So if you're using return on equity as a screen, because it's got that financial leverage factor in there, it can lead you into risk-taking. So if you're in really good times, right, and you're searching for return on equity, really good times is when these businesses tend to get geared up. The market may be somewhat cautious on these names, so have an understanding of greater-than-average financial risk. And so they'll show up nicely on a PE. You do a return on equity and PE screen, you're essentially screening for overgeared companies, right? And then, okay, market turns down. It's like, whoa, you know, these are the businesses that are more likely than not to get hit, right? So so return on investment, invested capital is something that gives you a more accurate overview of the the potential of the company it doesn't have that bias right yeah. of mm-hmm. return on equity a lot of people use return on equity and it's fine but you just need to understand that there I think, is a difference isn't there yeah yeah so yeah. if if you're deeply interested if you just google dupont analysis you know then pull up the wiki page i find dupont analysis really really useful as well and it basically uh, disambiguates the return on equity into three parts it's like the net profit margin the asset turnover, so how much revenue for every dollar of assets you've got, 
and the leverage factor, so how much financial leverage, right? And why that's interesting is you can, it can tell you, is this a, a high margin, low turnover business? Is it a low margin, high turnover business, like a supermarket or something like that? Is it very capital intensive? So, you know, mining companies, their asset turnover might be one or something like that. You know, as opposed to a SaaS company, the asset turnover might be humongous, right? So, and all of those factors multiply together, right? So if you've got something that is, high margin and high asset turnover, you can generate phenomenal returns on equity, right? Like in some of these, uh, you know, web-based businesses, you know, like a, like a Facebook, every dollar that comes in is basically incremental profit, right? So it kind of depends what the business is, right? So, you know, if it's a SaaS business, you care about growth, user numbers, engagement, time on site, things like that. If it's a mining company, you care about where it sits on the cost curve, so what's the production costs, you know. If it's a bank, there's all sorts of things you want to know about. You want to know about the, the capital ratios. Is it well capitalized relative to peers? It seems like banks are too big to fail. So on that basis, you just want to make sure you're in the top half, I guess, you know. You don't want to be the worst bank because, you know, if there is something like a like the bad that ever happens, you, you just don't want to be in the in the worst one, you know. You've mentioned a couple of authors. What are some of the publications and books that you would suggest investors reading? The question itself presumes that reading is the only way to learn, right? Which I disagree with, right? We are fortunate to be in a position where there's just been an, an absolute proliferation of different kinds of, of media, right? If I'm honest, and I feel a bit bad about this, I don't read a lot of books anymore. I get on my bike, go for a bike ride, and I listen to podcasts, right? Or I listen to something on YouTube, right? So all of the Berkshire Hathaway AGMs, they're all on YouTube. I think I've ground my way through all of them now. And I think you do that once, maybe twice, if there's something really interesting. And they give you a lot of good ideas and, and fundamental mental models, right? So Charlie Munger's book, who I highly recommend, Poor Charlie's Almanac, talks about developing mental models, right? So there's there's some that I that I I really like. Howard Marks is great. There's this podcast called Farnham Street and he's another Buffett disciple that's really interested in mental models. So I think whenever you're learning and where whenever that learning has longer term value, you're kind of compounding your own value, right? So I think Buffett and Munger both talk about Number one, investment, invest in yourself, right? So I think that's that's key. And it may feel like I don't really have an hour in the day to do this. But if you do, right, it's going to be obvious over time that you're learning and advancing relative to the people around you and you'll be running different software. It's just getting a software upgrade, right? So you want to be running the best software and not just uh, relying on what you've got or what you feel comfortable with. Phil Muscatello and FinPods are authorised reps of Money Sherpa. The information in this podcast is general in nature and doesn't take into account your personal situation. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 